Welcome back. We're going to spend some time meditating on God's word to learn some truths that we can apply in our life every day. Um, last week, if you listened to the sermon, I'm sure most of you did, uh, I shared with you on the subject called breaking free from cultural mindset. Breaking free from cultural mindset. Uh, I don't know for how many of you it was a blessing. For me, even as I was preparing it, it was a blessing. Uh, because it reminded me again and again of the way to live. Because it's easy to live some days without the cultural mindset. And some days it's easy to live in that mindset. And so we have to make sure that we live every day with this one thing in mind. There is no Jew, no Greek, no slave, not free. All are equal in Christ Jesus. It's important to remind ourselves of that truth over and over again. And this morning I want to continue and share with you on this subject called Breaking Free from Traditions. Breaking Free from Traditions. When I say traditions, I am referring to certain habits, practices, customs that we used to practice before we came to Christ. And sometimes though we have come into Christ, Though we are living as a newborn believer, at some point in our life, there's old practices, traditions come up and we don't mind going in that path. And we will be surprised to know that somewhere we are holding on to the traditions of our past. We must understand this, that the traditions of the past, the ones that we used to practice, have no relevance and it adds no value when it comes to our relationship with Christ. Amen. See, sometimes we might do this. We might practice some traditions and feel bad. And we do it because it's a habit. It's a habit for us. It's unable to overcome. And sometimes we do it because we want to keep people happy around us. We want to keep everybody in our family happy. And sometimes we might do it for other reasons. But as we look at the Bible, the Bible has something very specific to say about breaking free from traditions. And we're going to learn more about that today. And as part of this, I'm also going to share with you the great danger that will come into our life if we live according to traditions. The great danger that comes into our life if we do not break free from traditions. Amen. Are you with me so far? Yes. So when you read the Bible carefully, you'll understand that when you come to Christ, you separate yourself from the world. When you come to Christ, what you're doing is that you're separating yourself from the world. Let me say this again because this is something really, really important to understand. See, coming to Christ means separation from the world. Can I hear an amen? Coming to Christ means separating yourself from the ways of the world. Now, you may have lived a different life before. You may have lived in a different way. But the moment you come to Christ, what happens is you begin to separate yourself from the world and live a life that Christ is pleased. Because the reality is, if we were to, you know, keep ourselves along with the world and live in the worldly ways during the week and live in God's ways on the weekend, we cannot make it to heaven. That's the truth. 
Because we need to understand that when we come into Christ, God requires us to be separate from the world. If you read Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14, it says like this, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. What has He delivered us from? The domain of darkness and what is the word? Transferred. Very clear. Crystal clear. What does it say? He has taken us from the domain of darkness and He has put us on a bus, sent us off to the beautiful, glorious kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. So I'm trying to make a point here. Coming to Christ means separation from the world. If you read John chapter 15 verse 19, it says like this, If you were of the world and the world loves you as its own, but because you are not of this world, I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus is saying, if you were of the world, what will the world do? It will love you as its own, but because you are not of this world, what does it do? It hates you. Again, we see this separation from the world. When you come to Christ, you are separated. So when we get saved, when we accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our life, we go through this process where we are now separated from the world, where we no longer belong to this world, we no longer practice what it practices, we no longer give in to its fleshly influences. In other words, we are now set apart for God. It's very important to understand this. It's very important to understand this. The moment you come to Christ, you cannot live like the world does. The moment you come to Christ, you must understand that you are now set apart from the world for God's glorious purpose. If you look at Israel, now I'm going to teach for a few minutes and then I'm going to preaching. Okay, so please come along with me. If you look at Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6, this is what God says about them. For you are a people holy to the Lord. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured position. What God has done to Israel, he's chosen them to be a people for his treasured position. So God has chosen Israel. He has set them apart from every other nation at that time. And now, if you go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, 1 Peter 2, 9, it says like this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So who are we? We are also set apart like God set apart Israel. I want you to come along with me. I want you to note down these verses because this is really important. And I encourage you to go home and meditate on these verses. 1 Peter 2.9 says like this, But you are a chosen vessel, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So again, we see clearly that God has chosen us. He has brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light where his son lives. All of these verses, what does it teach us? It teaches us that we are separated from this world. Look at the person next to you or behind you and say, you are separated from this world. 
Okay. Now let's say all of us we can say this loud loudly. We just tell yourselves that I am separated from this world. This is a truth that you have to remind yourself every day because quite often we may miss it. And quite often we may miss salvation. You know, we may take it too lightly. We may take it for granted. We may lose the value and the meaning of salvation. And that is why we see many times Christians are living a lukewarm life. Neither a hundred percent in Christ nor fully in the world. And there is a dangerous verse about such people. You know, there is John 3.16, what does it say? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Have you heard of Revelation 3.16? Do you know what it says? Revelation 3.16, can we have it on screen? What does God say? So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. 50% in Christ, 50% in the world means that we are lukewarm. And what is God going to do? He's speaking to the church at Laodicea saying that I am going to spit you out of my mouth because you are lukewarm. Remember this church, remember this. There is no room to be lukewarm in Christ. There is no room to be lukewarm in Christ. Many times we fail to understand because we always, always talk about the love of God. And we fail to talk about his anger, his judgment and his righteous requirements. We have to talk about how God is a righteous judge because when we talk about that, we will be reminded that he is the God who demands holiness. He is not a God who is begging for holiness. He is not saying, son, somehow please. Today, I know last week you missed, but today make it, you know, be a holy person. Now God says, be holy as I am holy. It is his righteous requirement. It is his demand. So we as Christians cannot dip our feet in the world and then come to church on a Sunday morning and act as if nothing happened. When we do that, if we do that, it shows us that we are lukewarm. When we live a life like that, it shows that we have not separated ourselves from the world. When we do that, we are showing that we still like to be as part of the people of the world, when we do that, it shows our commitment is never a hundred percent. Revelation 3.16 reminds us that God will spit us out of his mouth. And you know that's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be. I pray that none of us, I pray that none of us will be found in a place like that where God says, I will spit you out. Church, you and I have to remind ourselves every day that I am set apart for God. I am set apart for God. See, I'm following what's happening in our world today. I'm following what's happening in our world today. The World Economic Forum is bringing in a system called the Great Reset. I don't know if you've heard of it. The Great Reset. It's just a system that establishes one world government. Many signs of the end times are happening right before our eyes. Many things are happening. The United Nations are gaining more and more control. There are so many things that are happening. All of this reminds us that the coming of Christ is not too far away. For all you know, it may happen this year. For all you know, it may happen in the next five years. The question is, am I ready? Am I living a life that is on fire for God or am I living a life 
that is lukewarm. Am I dipping myself in the world and then somehow trying to enjoy in Christ? Am I living a double standard or am I living a life that is set apart for God? Remind yourself every day when you wake up that I am called to live for him. That I am set apart for God. Remind yourself every day that I am chosen for him. To live for him and not for this world. Because when you look at traditions, when you look at traditions, traditions are often made for people for their own benefit. And every tradition is tied to a certain way of life. For instance, if you come from a certain background, you would follow a certain tradition that is part of a certain background. Now, because we are on live stream, I cannot use any specific words, but I hope you are understanding me. Amen? That's one of the limitations. If the camera is off, I can speak a lot to you. But, you know, using our media, we have to reach out to a lot more people. But I hope you'll understand this. Traditions are tied to a background, a way of life, a religious custom or a religious background. So when you practice a certain tradition, it says that you are from that background. So practicing a tradition always identifies us with a certain kind of life. Now, after we come into Christ, we really cannot practice those traditions because when we come into Christ, we have to tell the world that now I identify with Christ. If you think of the act of baptism, what does it mean? It's not something where you just go inside the water and come, but it's, it's an act where you say that now I am telling the world that I identify with Christ. It is no longer me, but Christ, and I belong to Christ. It is that declaration you make. It's not something that, you know, just go into the water and come out and feel spiritual. No, you're telling the world that I belong to Christ. So after we come to Christ, we cannot practice all those traditions. And it's something that we have to avoid at all costs. Avoid at all costs. Amen? Are you with me so far? I'm making sure that you understand this well because this is something really important to know. Please turn with me to Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Galatians 1.10. It says like this, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. What is Paul saying? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now I want to explain what's happening here in this passage. There's a background. Paul was teaching to the church at Galatia saying that everyone is saved by grace. Anyone who comes to Jesus, puts their faith in Christ, believes on him, they are saved and they are set free. But there was a Jewish Christian crowd that came and said, oh, no, 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 that's not how it works. First, you have to be circumcised. You have to follow the Jewish laws and the traditions, and then you will be saved. But Paul taught no, saying no circumcision, nothing, just believe in Jesus. No law, no regulations, that is all passed away. Everything is old, now just believe in Jesus. But just faith in Jesus can save you. The people got very furious, and they told Paul, Paul is saying this statement, saying, just believe so that he can please the Greeks and the Gentiles. They accused Paul of being a people pleaser. 
And so to that, he responds saying that if I were pleasing men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now, if you notice carefully, it is the Jews that were pleasing people. It is the Jews that were saying, please follow our traditions. Please follow our law so that you can be part of it. They were the ones who were pleasing people, but whom did they accuse? They accused Paul saying, you are the one who is pleasing people here. You see, what happens here is the danger is that if one person in the church in Galatia follows the tradition, he or she will be identified more as a Jew than as a Christian. Because anyone who sees them doing these things will immediately say, he's a Jew, not a Christian, because Christians don't really do this. So there were a bunch of people in the church. Listen to me carefully. There were people where? In the church. Making others to follow traditions that please man. The truth about traditions is, is that it pleases men. It pleases people, but it does not please God in any way. Paul makes it very clear that I'm not pleasing men. I am pleasing Christ because his teaching was not packed with traditions, but just came purely as a gospel of grace where it says you believe and you are saved. See, all of this reminds us of something very important. When we follow traditions, we please people. And when we please people, we move away from the Lordship of Christ. In other words, when we follow our traditions, people become our master, not Jesus. When we follow our traditions, God is not our leader anymore, but the world is our leader. I tell you, you do not want the world to rule you. That's the worst thing you can do to yourself. That's like committing suicide. That's the end of everything. You do not want to be under the yoke of the world. It's a very dangerous place to be. So Paul reminds the church at Galatia, saying in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, he says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you? For the meaning of Christ Jesus' death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. And let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. Again, you see here, Paul is destroying the traditions. Did you receive the Holy Spirit through the law of Moses? No, you received it because you believed in Christ. And then he goes on to say, how foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? What does he say? After starting your life in the spirit, why are you now living in the flesh? See, many times that is our case. We started with a passion for God, but now we are just trying to maintain everybody around us. We are trying to do what they are pleased with. And in this case, to the church at Galatia, it was pleasing the Jews. We need to ask ourselves this question, where do I stand? What is my faith like? What is my devotion to Christ like? Am I slave to the traditions of this world or have I broken free? Because you have to remind yourself that every time I practice a tradition, you, you are showing that you belong to that group. Every time I do something, traditions, that 
part of a certain thing. I'm showing that I'm be- I belong to a certain group. See, the early church identified themselves as Christians for which they faced persecution, abuses, and so many things, but they didn't care. They were happy that the world saw them as Christians. They were happy that everyone identified them with Jesus Christ. That is how the church was. But sadly, now you see, you know, I've been a pastor's kid all my life. I've been to more churches than I would say confidently than most of you have. I've attended more pastor's fellowships, more internal meetings. I've, I've been in every circle, every meeting, every kind of church I've seen. And I can tell you, the church that started with just about Christ is now plagued with so many traditions, so many things that have come from different backgrounds into the church. It's a dangerous thing because it causes us to be lukewarm. Amen. You see, next time you go somewhere, you're on a function or a program, you're asked to do something that's part of your old tradition. What you can do is, you can decline politely. Don't do it in a rude manner, but do it politely. As a result, you may be sent away. People may not talk to you. But I tell you this, it's 100 times better to get to heaven than to be part of the world. Because when we focus on traditions, on pleasing people, our eternity is at stake. We need to break free from traditions. I'm not going to specify any particular tradition, but I'm just going to speak about it broadly. And I believe as I share this with you, God will convict you of certain things. Because the more we focus on traditions, there is a danger that is associated with following it. Because one of the biggest things that will happen if we follow the traditions of this world is that the more we follow the traditions, the word of God will not fully work in us. The more you follow the traditions, the word of God that we read, meditate, will not fully work in us. Now you may, see, you may say, how is that possible? Is there a verse for that pastor? I'm going to explain something to you. When Jesus lived on this earth, he had some people who constantly criticized him. Who were they? The Pharisees. And who are the Pharisees? They were the teachers of the law. If there was, if, if there was anyone who knew about the Messiah, who will it be? Pharisees. If there was anyone who was an expert in the word, who was it? The Pharisee. But they were the ones who criticized Jesus all the time. They were the ones who were dedicated to studying the law. They knew about the word. They knew who the Messiah is going to be. But still, they criticized Jesus. You see, in, in, in John chapter 3, John chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, there was a man called Nicodemus who comes to Jesus. And the Bible says like this, that there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a, what was he? A Pharisee. And then notice the next verse. It says like this, after dark, one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. He said, Rabbi, what did he go on to say? Did he say, I know or we know? What is he saying? He's a Pharisee coming to Jesus and saying, we all know that you're from God. 
and God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are an evidence that God is with you. What do we know here? First of all, he's a Pharisee. Second, the Pharisees knew that this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God. But still, what did they do? They kept criticizing Jesus. They were the ones who were in charge of putting Jesus to death. Why were they that way? They knew the word so much, but they never really understood the word. You know why? Because they were filled with traditions. They were filled with following traditions. They heard the sermons that Jesus preached. They witnessed the miracles. They knew everything that Jesus did, but still they rejected simply because they were more keen on following the traditions than in following the Son of God. Because they were more keen on following the traditions than following the word, the prophets or the, the Pentateuch or the Torah. They were more keen on following the traditions than the word of God. And as a result, what happened? The word never really worked in them. Are you with me so far? Matthew chapter 13 verse 22 talks about the kind of people that fall in this category. See, if we follow traditions, this is what our life will be like. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world, what are they? The traditions of the world will choke them and prove it unfruitful. Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. And for the one who follows tradition, what is it like? The seed is sown among the thorns. When we follow the ways of the world, what will our heart be like? Will it be a good soil? I want you to reflect on it. Will it be a good soil or will it be a place filled with thorns? Nobody would like to walk on a ground that has thorns, right? We all like to walk on a plain, smooth surface. But following the tradition makes our heart become like a place filled with thorns. And when the seed is sown, it chokes the seed and it makes it unfruitful. In other words, when we follow traditions, our life becomes unfruitful. The word never really works in us. So the question is, how do we break from this tradition? How do we break from this tradition? It's very important, very important. We have to ask ourselves, am I following traditions? Am I a traditional Christian? Or am I a Christian who was broken free from that tradition? Am I carrying my habits of the past? Or am I living in that new life that God has given me? And if you're someone who says, Pastor, I don't know what you're saying makes sense and does not make sense. And somewhere I feel like there is still some tradition in me. And if you're struggling, I want to share certain things with you through which you can overcome the influence of traditions in your life. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to 16. I want to read these three verses to you. Please pay attention. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? In other words, it's the devil. Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? 
what agreement has a temple of god with idols for we are the temple of the living god as god has said i will make my dwelling place among them and walk among them and i will be their god and they shall be my people it's a very powerful passage that can make us feel a little uncomfortable sometimes because all of us have unbeliever friends i do have unbeliever friends all of us and sometimes you may read this passage and think oh i'm not supposed to associate no no there's something that the word specifically talks about and i want to break this down into two points and share with you first if you want to overcome the traditions if you want to break free from the traditions the first thing you have to do is you have to be careful of whom you associate with you have to be careful of whom you associate with there is this popular saying that men go wrong in their fellowships before they go wrong in their doctrine let me put it in our context men go wrong in their fellowships first before they go wrong in their values i want you to keep this quote in your mind because i'm going to share something from this verse paul packs a very powerful message and when we think in the context of what he's saying what he is telling us is that be careful of who you associate with now this does not mean that you run away from unbelievers this does not mean that if you see an unbeliever close your eyes and run away in the name of jesus no that's not what paul is saying here he is talking about the partnerships the relationships that can make us give in to their demand if you read verse 14 paul says for what partnership it's not a casual friendship but a close friendship that makes you give in to its demands see there are different kinds of friendship one kind of friendship is okay i know you i hope you're doing well okay you go about your duty i go about my thing but there's another friendship that demands obligations demands that oh i came to your church last week why don't you come to my fellowship now or i went with you here why don't you come to my thing now that's something that we should avoid be friends with people but certain things we have to avoid and when you have a friendship and this is for all the young people when you have a friendship that demands you into doing certain things that you're very uncomfortable with that's a friendship you need to run away from if you have a relationship with someone that demands or sometimes emotionally blackmails you hey you are if you are my true friend if you truly love me you will do this for me if you hear anyone say that please run in the opposite direction because true love never demands true friendship is something that never pressurizes or blackmails so coming to this point see the kind of relationship paul is talking about is the one where people are demanded hey come do this with me hey come do that with me paul says for what fellowship does light have with darkness for what fellowship does the world have with a believer crowd and at the beginning i shared with you that coming to christ means separation from the world in other words in other words separating from people who expect you or demand you to follow their ways So if you see someone who expects you and demands you to follow their ways cut that friendship off 
may not be a very pleasing word to hear from stage but let me tell you this sometimes coming into christ means leaving some certain relationships behind coming to christ means cutting off certain friendships that may pull us back into the world if there is a friendship that we have that causes us to backslide we need to let that go because after we come to christ our loyalty belongs to jesus alone and our loyalty is should be greater than our family when i pray this i say god i love you and i love you even more than my wife i love my wife i love my children i love my child but jesus is something that i love more i'm loyal to him more that is the way we are supposed to live because when we are loyal to christ we will be able to live strong in him but if you are loyal to the people around us they will drag us into every sort of tradition they will say please do we will do it with open arms they will demand something we will give into it our loyalty needs to be with 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 christ alone when we live that way it will be easier to be careful of whom we associate with so many young people go off in the wrong direction simply because of wrong friendships their habits change why because of wrong friendships and the message here is very practical what fellowship does light have a darkness and if you go on to say paul goes even more clearly what accord has christ with belial with the devil there is a there is no duty for a christian in a place where there is darkness there is no duty for a christian in a place that demands them or makes them do something unnatural i hope you're getting my point but when our loyalty is to christ saying god i'm loyal to you more than my friends more than my family we will be able to live in the right way we will be able to live in the way that god is pleased we will be able to break free from traditions i want to share this story you know when i came to ministry my dad said don't go to mangalore but i still booked my tickets i packed my bags and i came in the midst of all opposition now i'm not here to brag about myself but i want to just share this as a testimony i left everything behind and came and god has never left me down even one day or a single minute when you're loyal to christ the relationships of this world won't matter when you're loyal to christ he will lead you in his way where the people around you will be blessed because you're loyal to him it requires you know god requires loyalty from us how is our relationship with people today are we celebrating people in our life sometimes we celebrate someone too much is like oh this person everything to me if you ever utter those words from your mouth and say this person is my everything you need to be very careful only god has to be your everything even if you're married god has to be your everything even if you have children god has to be your everything because that is when we can break free from any traditions of this world 
but if our loyalty is towards people, if our partnership is with people, who lead us in the wrong direction, then we will be bound to the traditions of this world. Amen. When we are careful of whom we associate with, it will be easy to break free from traditions. And when I say associate, it means strong bond or a partnership with people. Last point, I want to share this and then I'm going to pray for you. Last point, if you want to break free from traditions, you have to understand who you truly are. You have to understand who you truly are. Now, this passage in 2 Corinthians contains a very practical message. And you can take this entire passage and summarize in one, one sentence, saying, get out from this world. So Paul is not asking us to you know, pass away from the no. no. It means to get out from the habits, traditions, and the relationships that will pull us down in this world. Why is that emphasized in the Bible? See, the moment you come into Christ, you become a new creation. And you become his sons and daughters. And that is what we become. That's our status. Our, our status changes. So when we come to Christ, we become his child, his, his daughter, his son. So we don't just have an earthly father, but now we have an heavenly father. We become a citizen of heaven. And so after attaining this newness of life, this new status, just imagine how terrible it will be if we walk back into the ways of the world. It is as if we are rejecting the sonship or the relationship that God has given us and just walking back into the world. The problem with the church at Corinth was this. They were nice to everyone. I, I often hear this statement, be nice. I said, don't be nice. Do right. Be right with everyone. Because being nice means compromising. Being nice means just compromising with everyone, whatever they say. Do the right thing. Say the right thing. Be the kind of person that Christ is, is, is pleased with. The problem with the church at Corinth was that they were nice to everyone. And in the process, they forgot who they were. They forgot who they were. Church reminds, Paul reminds them saying, what fellowship, what partnership does a believer have with an unbeliever? What has Christ to do with Berea? We have to question ourselves, question our friendships that we have. Is it pulling us in the wrong direction? We have to say, God, I don't need that anymore. All I want is to be loyal to you. I can tell you this. Learn to be loyal to Christ. Do what he tells you to do. That's the most blessed life. You may think having a good job, building a house, you know, living a good life is the best. No. In fact, the only life that is worth living is a life where you are loyal to Christ. Just living for Him. That's the kind of life that will be a blessing to you and also to blessing a blessing to people around you. Amen. You have to remind yourself that you are the Son of God. You're a child of God. You're a daughter of God. You have to keep reminding yourself of who you are. You have to keep reminding yourself that I am set apart from this world. That I have a calling over my life. I keep reminding myself over and over again that I am a pastor. Not just on a Sunday, but on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wherever I go, I am a pastor. Because I cannot be different on stage and be different outside when you see me. Just imagine I'm, you know, I'm fully dressed. 
formal clothing and then you meet me on Wednesday somewhere outside and I have tattoos on my hand. What, what will you think? Or I have a mohawk, you know, spikes. I'm wearing sleeveless uh, tank top or, or some shorts. How, how would it be? It look cool, but what am I identifying with? What am I telling the world? That I belong to the ways of the world. That I am cool. All this, all these ideas had, had needs to be broken off. We need to remind ourselves every day that I am called for a purpose. And we need to walk in that calling day after day. Day after day. How is our life today? Are we living like we are set apart for Christ? Are we careful of our relationships? Are we understanding who we truly are? Because if we are doing those things, then it'll be easier for us to break free from traditions. But if we don't realize that we are set apart for Christ, if we don't understand who we truly are, if we are not careful in our relationships, then we will be led away into the ways of the world. And it's a dangerous path. God requires from us. He demands from us. And it's not a difficult life to live, I can tell you that. Not a difficult life to live. When you surrender your life to Christ, living for Christ will be the easiest thing to do. Amen. I don't know where you are in your journey with the Lord, but I really encourage you to make this commitment once again, saying, God, I want to walk 100%. I want to live by your word 100%. I don't want to dip my toe in the world one day and then come to church. I want to live for you 100%. I want to live for you every day.